1: Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. to start listening
5: you found primetime action with Gil alexander and matt brown on psen the sports betting network
2: primetime action rolling along the final hour of the week for us here on pta i'm jeff Parles. kelly Bidlins here wes reynolds to my right happy to be with you wes uh Let's uh, go to the ice here real quick. There's two games starting in this hour. And two of the top teams out west, both in action.
5: Yeah, Colorado Avalanche hosting Winnipeg. Last time Winnipeg went to Colorado, didn't go well for them, January 6th. That was a 7-1 final score. Avs get the dub. Winnipeg on a three-game losing streak. So, look, uh, it is so hard to keep up with this Colorado offense. They're just an absolute juggernaut. They do return home from a four-game road trip. So, they go back to the ball arena in Denver. By the way, Colorado 21-3-2. And that's not the best home record in the week. They're actually the Second best home team in the league. But as you can see, Colorado, a absolutely massive favorite tonight. Minus 295 at DraftKings, plus 235 to take back six and a half your total.
2: It's a big, big number on that one. And then, of course, uh, Wes, VGK in Arizona.
5: Yeah, and uh, VGK laying uh, a big price of their own on the road, 260, plus 210 on the Yotes, five and a half juice to the over, and of course we know VGK playing without Mark Stone on injured reserve, Robin Leonard also on injured reserve, Jonathan Marcheseau going to miss tonight with the flu for VGK, so uh, in between the pipes is Laurent Boissois for VGK, Scott Wedgwood for Arizona, so two backup goaltenders tonight.
2: Wes, uh, we have some finals in college basketball. I'm going to split my two pre pre-flop bets here. Uh, Penn State comes from behind, actually dominates the second half. They beat Northwestern 67-60, so that gets the green check. But, uh, Kelly, I said this to you before the show. St. Louis getting three. I take the money line.
4: St. Louis loses by two. Got so greedy. I cost myself a little bit of money there. You got greedy, man. I, I don't know. I don't know what, how you guys do it. And I'm not saying there's a right way or a wrong way to do this. I take, I take points. I'll lay a money line. If it's I like, do
5: lay money lines on favorites on like short favorites, yeah, you if know, it's like that anything three, three or, or less, less, less. Absolutely.
4: Yeah. Yep, yeah that's
2: I, how I could probably that. could have done that. I could have done that at Penn state tonight as well, but Penn state gets the cover regardless. Richmond wins 68, 66 over St. Louis. St. Louis covers the three against Richmond but the spiders get a an important win for them in a very tight a10 race there let's uh let's go to uh our question of the night here mm-hmm. our guy Ryan Hyatt who of course uh they're uh on a uh, on a Vison affiliate by the way uh there in West Texas uh with a question for the three of us and uh it has to do with the NCAA tournament Ryan asking us what's the better strategy now for the NCAA tournament buying futures on teams or if you believe in a team and he's in West Texas. So right. Texas tech, of course, the one are playing them over uh, rolling the bets over. What strategy is better?
5: there west well i mean look there's always that debate and i know this has been discussed on this very show by gill and matt brown you know you can do those rollover parlays and whatnot and probably you get more bang for your buck but very few people really bet like that right. and, and and especially a lot of casual bettors that maybe don't have a huge wager in terms of that it's like why why would you necessarily bet like that if you're if you're betting small or you're betting for fun or betting casually so look It it, it depends on what the, what the scenario is and what the price is. But, you know, some of these futures on these teams though, you know, it's all about timing the market. Like, do you really want to bet, you know, somebody like Kansas right now? I don't know, unless you're getting like 15 to one or better Then I think that's a good price, but all these teams have been cut. Now, throughout the season, so you're not getting a really good price on Gonzaga or Duke. That's why I usually recommend these college basketball futures betting them early in the season because that's what you want to do is you want to get the best number. Like I got a really good number on Purdue. They may not win it, but I got twenty five to one. I'm never going to see twenty five to one again. I mean, no. they're going to be ten to fifteen to one probably going into uh, Selection Sunday.
2: Could be eight to one by the time the tournament starts if the if the draw is right for the Boilers. Well. Uh, Again, I I, I echo what Wes says, because even though more times than not, you'll get a better bang for Buck for just rolling it over. Mm -hmm. Who really bets like that except for the the – sharpest of yeah, the sharp like, and even then some of the sharpest of the yeah, sharp don't like do if that if you're a
5: pro and you you're betting like max limits or some major dollars here yeah you maybe you bet like that and do that rollover money line parlay but you know i think if you've got a good price on a team and there's still decent prices on actually good teams looking at these odds i believe these are from bet mgm on the mm-hmm. screen here and look uh you know Villanova at 18 to one is not that bad of a price even this late in the game because this is a team that's going to be at least a three seed, maybe even a two seed, and could win the Big East. They still got to pass Providence. Texas Tech, that's kind of been cut a little bit. It probably would have been better. uh, Ryan's uh, Red Raiders down there in Lubbock, guns up, if you got it at 40 or 50 to one, which you could have got it earlier in the season. So the word is kind of out on the Red Raiders. But look, when you're getting this late too, you don't necessarily – everybody wants to bet that long, shot, but very rarely do long shots win six games in the NCAA tournament. So we know kind of how that is. I've been talking about it over the last couple of weeks. I'll talk about it the next couple of weeks. You want to have that combined, like if you look at Ken Palm, that combined offensive and efficiency rate rating of under 50, because every national champion, I believe over the last 20 years, except that Kevin Ollie team at UConn back in uh, 2014 Had that. So that's what worries you a little bit about Purdue. Number one offensive efficiency, but 119 in defensive efficiency. Or Texas Tech, number one defensive efficiency, but just outside the top 50 for offense. So you look at these teams that are really good defensively, like Texas Tech, like Tennessee. That's another one that nearly missed my top 10 in the power ratings earlier in the show that we did. And I just worry about can they get enough buckets? Because if you go into like a lull offensively, you could be out. I mean, this is, yeah. a, this is a one and done. This is not round robin or a double elimination. So you get that five, six minutes of lulls without scoring a basket, then you're going home. Just uh, eyeballing it right now, because usually if I look at it, I want
2: top 20 adjusted offense and top 20 adjusted defense. Absolutely. Those teams are usually – those are your tournament favorites, right? Yeah. Now. Ken Baum, the teams that hit that, hit that criteria, was Gonzaga, mm-hmm. Arizona – Kentucky just sneaks in with the 20th adjusted defense. Baylor, Houston Cougars, who I don't
5: really buy. Right. Auburn, Duke. And UCLA, Mm -hmm. that's the list. And then there's a couple kind of close there as well. I believe Kansas four on offense, 31 on defense. You have Texas, another team. Even though they're 28th, you can see that they get in a lot of rock fights, a lot of low scoring games, 28th on offense, 12th on defense. So some of these teams that have these wide spreads between offense and defense, like a Purdue, like an LSU third defensively, but 107th offensively. So those teams have such high variance. Nobody more San Diego state 168 on offense <laughs> and second best defense in the country. So, you know, and, and then of course, what it all depends on, I know this is very profound and obvious to say it's going to depend on the draw Of and course, some teams are going to get good draws. So that's, that's the whole fly in the ointment. You know, when everybody is doing their bracketology, that doesn't mean that they're going to be seated that way. Usually those guys are pretty accurate on who gets in the tournament, but some of the seating will be different. And then, you know, more fans at certain places than maybe other arenas at these first and second round. And then these regional sites. So that's what it's going to depend on the most is the draw. Uh, Let me update one thing too. We're updating some final scores. Uh, The, the uh, Harvard crimson Harvard. If you've ever seen that saved by the bell episode, where the guy, posed as a Harvard recruiter, but I digress. They, <laughs> they do get the cover at Princeton, 74 to 67. Princeton was at the line, 82% foul shooter, misses the free throws. So Harvard gets within the number that not only affected the side, that did affect the total, I believe, as well for that game. It was 74 to 67, total close 141 and a half. So if you, uh, you were on the uh, Harvard and the under, uh, go buy you some lottery tickets because you got a lucky streak going right now.
4: Wes, who was your favorite Saved by the Bell character? Oh man, it's
5: got to be Zach. Zach had all the girls, man. He had all the schemes and yeah. I was all gonna go one stuff. way or the
4: other. It's 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 either got to be Zach or Kelly Kapowski, right? I mean,
5: well, you know, Kelly, Kelly, the favorite, the favorite female, yeah, of yeah. course. But you always wanted to be Zach, man. Zach had it going. Zach always found his way out of these uh harebrained schemes that he had Screech conduct for him. So, uh, you know. That is my take on that. It is Zach Morris, of course. And then uh, one more final. I think I could get a winner video, too, if they have one ready to go. Uh. I think we were going to get one for you. So
4: what, what did you
5: win, you get, you get Canisius. Canisius.
2: There we go.
5: Oh. Canisius. Golden uh, Griffiths. They lose to Iona, 72 to 65, but that's good enough, plus 15 and a half. Does get home. It was a little scary in the first half, though. It was 30 to 15, Iona. So, I'm like, oh, God, what a terrible pick. There's our uh, our uh, Patrick Everson in the face and in the hair, but not necessarily in the body type doing the apple juggling. <laughs>
2: Oh, man. There we go. Kenesha's getting it done. All right. Good, good, Wes. We're, we're a good, good start so far on your end. Uh, I'm looking uh, two and two. Mm-hmm. Two and two for me tonight. I, uh, I don't think I'm adding anything else as of right now, which, uh, Kelly, those are my famous last words. Not adding anything else for tonight. Yeah, G- there
5: you go. You only got like 150 college basketball games to choose from tomorrow.
4: The, so. uh, the Roughly. Uh, the under hit very easily for me in Raptors Hornets, so that gets home. But the uh, Raptors that I laid two with, uh, they lost by, let's see, a final score of 125 to 93. 32. 32. They made it more competitive, Kelly. That's right. It was 40 at one point. It was <laughs> 40.
5: Everybody uh, makes the run in the NBA, is yes. what they tell me. <laughs> yes, that's I've heard that as well, Wes. But uh there you go. Uh Kelly
2: splits on his horned bets. Uh the by the way, just out of halftime at the garden, Miami had a 10 point cushion at the break Knicks with the first bucket of the second half, 65-57 the Miami Heat leading early stages third quarter. Tom Thibodeau stalking the sidelines with that angry scowl that he always has West. About yeah, he's got a lot 60. of
5: angry scowls here being 25 and 34 and 12th in the East.
2: By the way, the uh, the Knicks are losing
4: this game despite the fact that RJ Barrett had 32 at halftime. I saw that come across my Twitter feed too. I'm sorry I did not bring it up. I, I'm glad you did. Saw that come across my Twitter feed. I'm like, wait, what? They're down? <laughs> like, he has more than half their points. They're down 10 at halftime? Okay. Uh.
2: Knicks have done some very weird things this year, and more times than not, it has not been to the positive side on that. We have more games to get to. Plenty of action on a Friday night here on Primetime Action on Sin.
6: You are looking live at
5: primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on v the Sports Betting Network.
2: Primetime action rolling along on a Friday night. I'm Jeff Parles. Wes Reynolds is here. Kelly Bidlin is here. We we really went down the rabbit hole in the, la, well, in, the uh, in the break. West and
5: our man at Poppy El Guapo on Twitter, big supporter of the network here at Visa and Frank from Seven Hills, right here in Las Vegas, uh, sending me the memes, of course, from that episode that I was talking about with the Harvard, the Harvard recruiter, and Saved by the Bell. So Frank, you feel me? If I reach one person, I've reached a million. There so Thank go. you very much, sir. Yeah,
2: that's that's all you need, right? That's all you need. If if, if, it, if it just makes, one person Make someone's mile it's a, it's a win exactly for
5: us. We, we aim to please him.
2: absolutely yeah. kelly biddlin we got a lot going on across the docket in the nba right now
4: yeah right now philadelphia up on minnesota 63 to 49 i believe that was the 17th first half point for james hard and a Oh boy I was going to say game high, but D'Angelo Russell has 17 as well.
5: Yeah, slowly Uh, acclimating James Harden into the offense, I guess.
4: Yeah, team high for him. He's got 17 points, five assists, three rebounds. So James Harden uh, looking good early. You're going to
2: say he's healthy, Kelly. yeah,
4: Yeah, that's what people say. He is seven of eight from the line. To go along with Joel Embiid's 9-for-11 from the line. Get used to this, people at home. You're going to be seeing a lot of free throws when this team uh, hits the court. Let's see, elsewhere uh, we have the Spurs up on the Wizards, 126-118, to 118, two and a half minutes left in that game. The Magic holding on to a three-point lead over the Rockets, 104-101, to 101, 445 remaining. The Thunder and Pacers... They're locked in a close one. It is 121 to 121-120 Thunder. 49 seconds remain in that game. Heat uh, back up 7, 74-67, seven minutes left in the third quarter. Heat 8.5 point live favorites, 226.5. The live total. A couple of those uh, six o'clock starts, Pacific time, nine o'clock Eastern, just underway. Pelicans up on the Suns, 11 to nine, eight minutes left in the first quarter. Suns, still a five and a half point live favorite, 230 and a half. The live total Mavericks out to an early lead over the Jazz, 18 to 13. Seven minutes remain in the third quarter. Jazz three and a half point live favorites, 223 and a half. The live total over on the ice. We got four games in action. Hurricanes up big on the Blue Jackets, four to nothing. 12 minutes left in the third period. The Sabres and Blues all tied up at 2. Eleven fifteen remaining in the second period. Blues minus 300 live. Sabres plus 210. 7.5 your live total. The Devils up on the Blackhawks 2-1. Uh, first intermission of that game. New Jersey minus 190. Chicago plus 140. 7.5 your live total. And the Jets up early on the avalanche. one to nothing. five minutes into this game. The Avalanche, still a live betting favorite, minus 180. Jets, plus 135, the live total set at seven. Let's see. Over in college basketball, we've got some games coming down to the wire and uh with not such not such big name te- teams here south alabama up on ut arlington 37 to 36 13 minutes left in that game arkansas state up on app state 44 to 43 11 and a half minutes left in that one Iowa out to the early lead over to Nebraska seven to four, four minutes into that game. If you wanted to get in this game live, Iowa's a 12 and a half point live favorite, 157.5 the live total. And, of course, Texas State and Troy, that game eight minutes into it. Texas State up 12-10. to 10. They are two-and-a-half-point live favorites and 126-and-a-half, and your live total.
5: Texas State, by the way, has already clinched the number one seed in the Sun Belt Tournament, so they'll win that uh, league championship. I believe they have won eight in a row, 20-6 and six on yes. the season. They are at Troy tonight. So, like we said earlier, with these conference tournaments look to see, you know, how the seeding process works, because I believe the way that works in that conference is you have – the uh, one, the two, the three, and the four get the bye in the quarterfinals, and then five through 12 basically have to play in. Also be checking, too, some of these new teams that are t- uh, qualified now for Division One. they have that, like, I don't know if it's the proper term, probationary period, basically, that aren't eligible necessarily for their conference tournaments. So obviously keep that in mind as you're going forward.
2: Troy, uh, Troy was a two-point dog in this game pre-flop. Uh, I was very close to betting the Trojans. I just couldn't pull yeah. the trigger.
5: Yeah, and and I could understand why because Texas State, obviously, they have clinched a title. So it's like, okay, how much urgency do you have? Like that's one of the reasons that put me on Canisius earlier tonight against Iona. I was like, you know what? Iona, you know that they've won the conference. They've won the regular season title. So you're going to get team's best shot, even if you were really better than them. They're going to get up for you. It's like, oh, man, we got Iona here. They're best team in the conference. we got to get up for these guys.
2: By the way, Wes, I want to give one quick shout here uh, to a smaller conference because in the Summit League, tomorrow, a, a game that probably won't even – Make the radar for most, but it's a pretty big one in that conference mm-hmm. because South Dakota State is going for 18-0 and in conference play tomorrow, and they play at Kansas City to take on the ruse of UMKC in what is a big game. And again, that would be a, the first time ever a team in that conference went undefeated in the regular yeah, season. Yeah,
5: that's the uh, the Jackrabbits, by the way, of South Dakota State, uh, TJ Ostelberger, of course, uh, former UNLV coach, former coach there. So, yeah, they are going for that. They've already clinched the one seed. And then you've got a couple. I know the Missouri Valley, I believe, is that game tomorrow or Sunday with Northern Iowa and Loyola? Have to double That check. is winner take all, by the way, uh, with UNI and Loyola, who's going to get that number one seed in Arch Madness, which will start. Start next Thursday.
2: That is tomorrow at six o'clock Eastern Time. There, yeah, that's, that's
5: I, I, an under the radar game that people should pay attention to. It's not the Unidome; that's the McLeod Center there
2: uh, in Cedar Falls, mm-hmm. Iowa. So, mm-hmm. big one. Early number on that one, by the way. These the overnight numbers are starting to populate the number the uh, market. Uh, Loyola only two right now in that one in
5: right. Northern Iowa. Yeah, so uh, a very good matchup there in the Valley. So these are going to matter too, because especially these one these uh, one bid leagues. Because you know the rule from a few years ago that got enacted where it's like, if you win the regular season, but you don't win the conference tournament, you get the automatic bid to the NIT. I know everybody's like, oh, NIT. Well, they put it on the betting board. If a game is on the betting board, it matters. So you got the NIT, you've got the CBI, you've got the College Insider, you know, right before you get in the NCAA tournament. There are often opportunities, too, because all the casual bettors, of course, want to bet March Madness. They want to bet the NCAA tournament and even the professional bettors as well. But... But don't ever ignore necessarily the NIT or the CIT or the CBI. More often than not, if you see line moves in those games, those are more often than not from sharp betters because they're the ones paying attention in those games.
2: Is the NIT – back at campus sites this year or are they still in uh Ford
5: that, Worth? that i do not know i do not know if they are doing a bubble for the nit yeah, but yeah, they I did do that last year
2: yeah the cbi is now exclusively in daytona beach florida which mm-hmm. uh that'll be a jolly old time for anyone who goes down there for a 16 team cbi but that is something to at least look at uh, as we get to the tournament. Of course, mm-hmm. everyone looks to bet the NCAA tournament, but if the NIT is on campus sites, that obviously changes the calculus, at least a little bit from the bubble that we saw last year. Memphis won the NIT last
5: year, correct? Yes, they did. Yeah. And we'll see if the Penny Hardaway gets his uh, bunch into the NCAA tournament. Been an up and down season for these guys. Uh, right now, eight seconds left to go in Gainbridge Fieldhouse in Indianapolis. 123-120, Thunder leading the Pacers. Pacers got bet up to as high as eight-point favorites. It's like, I don't know if the Pacers should be laying eight to anybody. Of course, I did not bet that accordingly. So we shall see. And a three is good in the corner. And uh, was that Lance Stevenson that made that three and did that? Sure was. Sure as hell was. was. (laughs) Lance Stevenson, man. The only reason right now to go to Pacer games, or at least was the only reason you do now have Tyrese Halliburton there. So Lance Stevenson with a big three in the corner, one twenty-three apiece, one Oh six or 1.6 left in the fourth quarter.
2: That was uh, that was the sequence last night that you escaped in Detroit.
5: Yeah, Thunder betters uh, have not escaped so far. Yeah, where uh, Detroit gave up about six offensive rebounds in the final twenty seconds, but nevertheless Cleveland got the win or oh, Detroit got the win. Detroit
2: so. won that game outright. By the way, uh, happy action, fun time. Didn't not looking like it's not going to come through in Orlando. 47 seconds yeah, ago, Magic yeah, yeah. 113, Rockets but 104. But you do have
5: it here in Indiana, yes. 123 apiece, and that total was 226 and a half. Both of these two teams obviously trying to build for the future and have some young talent, a couple pieces on the team, not good enough to compete. But uh, Lance Stevenson, the celebration of the year, hitting that three because he found himself out of the league. He is now back home again in Indiana, though, where he belongs.
1: Oh, well,
2: again, one of those – Lance was one of those COVID ads who, uh, again, we had uh, – what, four three times the usual amount of players in the league this year because of COVID replacement players and Stevenson hanging on and you know why now when you're going nowhere if you're mm-hmm. Indiana, just keep well, a let, guy let, keep a guy who's always have been a popular guy gonna now. have
5: fun, man. And, he's and always been popular. The Fans too. love Lance Stevenson yeah. and I'm I'm glad he's back. And uh you know this team's got to rebuild, though. They're 20-40. and 40. Oklahoma City going to get one last crack here at the end of regulation. And uh, you mentioned a couple other scores, too. 130-128 to 128 now spurs over the Wizards in Washington. 24 seconds left to go. And I don't believe he got that shot off. We are going no overtime anyway. in the Circle City.
2: There you go. Uh,
4: thunder betters sweat time now in OT. Yeah, you also got the Spurs up on the Wizards yeah, by two late. Yeah, I just late. noticed that. 130 to 128, so that's a barn burner there. 24 seconds left in that game.
2: The uh, Also, too, uh, Kelly, did you end up uh, betting Dallas? Did you end up doing that? I did not. 23-20 Mavs in the, uh, the four minutes to go. Well, make it 23 piece now. Just under four minutes to go in the first quarter there. Just due east of here in Salt Lake City. We have Joe in next segment. Joe Sheen's gonna be that joining us next. Talking baseball, Primetime Action here on VCN the Sports Betting Network.
5: You are looking live at Primetime Action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VCN, the Sports Betting Network.
2: Get everything you need to bet this madness for this year with 24-7 streaming. Daily best bet emails, our tournament betting guide, including advice, data strategies, and much more for just $19. Whether you're filling out a bracket or betting against the spread, our team is here to get you ready for every single game and every round of the tournament. Get analysis from our experts. Greg Peterson, Wes Reynolds, Matt Humans, Jeff Parles. Ah, Partially an expert. <laughs> every key team, conference players to watch favorites to Cinderella's it's all available now sign up today the betting guide plus full access to Vsin through April 5th for just $19 vsincom slash madness I-, I was gonna throw bidlin in there but bidlin Kelly Kelly knows. He, he's an NBA expert.
4: He's Florida State, how they fan. looking this year. No one's going to roll? No, no. Not
5: great. Kelly's not tuned great. out the college basketball. Not long great ago.
2: for the uh, uh, the Florida State Seminoles, who I'm pretty sure have had 70% of their roster miss a game for injury
5: this year. Yeah. Pretty the, sure on that. You know, usually loaded with athletes and big guys, but it doesn't look like Leonard and the guys are getting back in the tournament.
2: Let's uh, let's take a little detour, though. Uh, well, the owners and the players are meeting in Jupiter, Florida, so it's not just golf down there this week. Uh, our guy net right now with us, Joe Sheehan. Of course, the Joe Sheehan Baseball Newsletter is where you can find all of Joe's great work. And, and Joe, we're we're uh, we're only a few days away from the Monday in quotes deadline that Major League Baseball's owners have put out for canceling games. Joe, I I know it's easier said than done, but this is just, at this point, it's just nonsense that the deal has not at least even come close at this point.
6: I can't help but think about those six weeks between the lockout, the day of the lockout, December 2nd, and the middle of January, when the owners finally got together and made an offer. How much do they need that time right now? Uh, They've met now five straight days. It'll be six days tomorrow when they meet again. Uh, And they just have a lot of work to get through. You know, they haven't, if you look at the big picture, they haven't moved much towards each other. The owners are basically said they won't negotiate re- re- revenue sharing and they won't negotiate the luxury tax. So that's really put the players in a bind. Uh, but, yeah, we're yeah, there was, the exhibition season was supposed to start tomorrow, my birthday. I'm not getting baseball for my birthday. So I'm pretty mad about that.
5: And uh, yeah, that got announced earlier, Joe, the first three days of spring training, probably going to be more, I think, going along with it. But uh, do you anticipate, Joe, just based on uh, what you're hearing from your sources, that there is going to be a deal done? And if you were to guess, and I know that's a tough question to ask right now, when do you think that would be?
6: Uh, I'll I'll work backwards. If they get a deal done, it's probably going to take them into next week. I don't think that February 28th deadline on Monday is hard i mean i think they'll go past it and you can eventually make up any games that would be missed but i'm not even sure they can get this done in the middle of next week because you know they're dancing around the main issue the main issue is the luxury tax the owners have basically said we want to move it up in very small increments essentially want to keep allowing it to act as a, a fake payroll cap whereas the players are saying hey look revenues are going through the roof we need to pay the pay t- the tax threshold to move in that direction the owners have said not only do we want the cap we want a lot of penalty we want increased penalties going over it. The players just said, no, that's ridiculous. There's a huge yawning gap between these two sides on that issue, and they really haven't talked about it much yet. So that's going to be the thing that takes us at least into the middle of the next week.
2: Joe, if I put a number at 19 and a half regular season games that end up being flat out cancelled, what would you do there? Would you go over that or under that?
6: I'd take the over, but I will say that it's fluid enough this week that if you ask me in 12 hours, I might say under. And if you ask me 12 hours after that, I might just shoot myself.
5: So, uh, Joe, assuming we do have a season, of course, we do have prices out in terms of futures. We do not have season win totals, but usual suspects at the top, Dodgers, Yankees, Astros, all at under 10 to 1. The Mets were the big spender in the offseason. They're at 10 to 1 to win the World Series. But, you know, not even with the the labor discussions and everything going on right now, it is kind of hard to bet these teams because there's a lot of free agents still out there in the market. Uh, I know we talked about Carlos Correa the other day, but... Freddie Freeman, and I believe Chris Bryant. Uh, Let's start with Correa. You think that there's a curveball team where Carlos Correa may end up with and not necessarily the Dodgers or the Yankees?
6: Yeah, there's been a lot of focus on him going to the Yankees. Uh, There was talk about him early in the offseason about the Tigers. But, you know, I look at that Phillies team that has had so much success signing big-time free agents, Zach Wheeler, Bryce Harper. They traded for J.T. Riomuto, but it was effectively a trading for a free agent. That's the core of their team, spending money. They've been terrible at developing players, uh, terrible at internal you know, drafting and signing internationally. So going out and writing a big check for another superstar really fits their modus operandi. You know They've lost ground this winter to the Mets. Right now they look like the third or fourth best team in that division, depending on how much you like the Marlins they need to make a big splash before they waste another year of Harper's career. So
2: Correa to Philly fits a a lot of boxes. Joe Sheehan with us right now here on primetime action. Joe, uh, just of course, uh, you mentioned Correa there. Just looking at the other big name out there, and that's Freddie Freeman who we had the report earlier this week uh, that that the sense is that he won't return to Atlanta, which – Just seems sacrilegious at this point from the Braves that they would not bring him back. But if he doesn't end up back in Atlanta, is it the Yankees, is it the Dodgers, or is it a mystery team?
6: No, I think the Dodgers are a good fit for him. They've lost a lot of playing time the last couple of years. They could use one additional bat in the middle of that lineup. Max Muncy, has a serious elbow injury. We're not sure we're going to get out of him coming this year. So, you know, that's a fit, but I still think he ends up back in Atlanta, guys. I'm not sure if you saw the story today. The Braves' financials came out. Mm -hmm. They they, They generated $586 million in revenue that last year. When a team wins a championship, that bleeds over into future years. So you can expect the Braves to bring in a lot of money this year as well. Uh, they don't have a ready replacement for him at first base. They actually also are going to need to fill the DH spot in all likelihood. So they they lose Freeman. They've got to go out and get two hitters. So, I, it is, look, even if you've got to pay what feels like an overpay, so what? You'll have Freeman. And, yeah, maybe when he's 38 in 2028 20, or whatever, you've got Miguel Cabrera on your hands. But coming off a championship, having made all that money with a franchise icon who has a chance to go to the Hall of Fame, pay the extra money to, to keep him. It's ridiculous for this to be an issue.
5: Joe, I mentioned earlier the Mets were the big spenders in the National League, but the big spenders in the American League who are kind of getting overshadowed were the Texas Rangers, Corey Seager coming in, Marcus Simeon coming in, John Gray, of course. So they spent a record amount of money for that franchise. Do you think that this is a realistic contender, though, in the AL West?
6: I would be surprised because even having added Gray – that's a fairly weak pitching staff. Even having added Seeger and uh, Semien, it's not a great lineup. It's going to fall off a lot at the back half. They also got some bad news this week. Their top prospect, Josh Jung, was supposed to come up midseason, be a big productive hitter at third base. He's going to miss most of the year with a shoulder injury. They replaced him with Isaiah kiner falefa excellent defender, not much of a hitter, so the offense takes another hit. I think that's the reason the Rangers aren't getting a ton of attention because even having spent all that money, It's a future play. You know, the 2022 team is not likely to contend, but the 2023 team, which could have improved internal pitching and Cole Wynn, in Jack Leiter, who was second pick in last year's draft, and then go out next winter and get another starting pitcher, that's the team that looks dangerous. But this year, I can't see them catching the Astros.
2: He's Joe Sheehan. You can find him on the tweets at Joe underscore Sheehan. Of course, the Joe Sheehan baseball newsletter. Joe, uh, well... Uh, let, let me be the first to wish you a happy birthday tomorrow, as you said, and uh, uh, hopefully we hopefully we get a deal soon. Uh, uh, I, I just not having baseball to begin the year just doesn't feel right. But as always, thanks for being with us tonight.
6: Thanks, fellas. Take care. Thank you, course, Joe. Good,
2: good to talk to Joe Sheehan, of course, uh, as well. Again, Wes, it just we, we've talked about it uh, at, at times this week. It just. Just get a deal done. Mm-hmm. Just get the deal done already. Mm-hmm. Start the season. Even if you start have to push oh. the season back a week.
5: Well, done. nobody uh, trips over its you-know-what more than baseball, as, as we know, because that's on a regular occurrence seemingly with these guys. So hopefully they get it done. And speaking of getting it done, uh, Oklahoma City Thunder got it done. SGA, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, 36 points, 129-125. to 125. Nice end at the end for Lance Stevenson hitting that three in the shimmy at the end. But that doesn't get it done. Oklahoma City goes to Indianapolis and gets the dub, 129-125.
4: Oh, that Spurs win. Wizards game went to overtime, too. That is all tied up at 141 apiece in the first overtime. A lot of defense in that game. Yeah, yeah. Tons of, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Both teams coming out of the break ready to play some tough defense, Jeff. You know how it is. Hard nosed. Uh, by the way, Kelly, uh, I- I'm pretty sure
2: by the, uh, by, it probably has already happened plenty of times, but I think the city of Philadelphia is probably going to declare an NBA championship by the end of the
5: night.
4: Um, I'll be right there no. with them. When's the parade? Tomorrow? The the, uh, the uh, Sunday? Philadelphia
5: Sunday. sports Twitter crowd. Are, you can't accuse them of homerism <laughs> ever. 77, 53, nine
2: minutes to go in the third quarter, and it has just been a domination all the way around and now, look, I'm very happy that the spot was not good for Minnesota mm-hmm. because I would have bet it if the spot was reasonable yeah, and I would have been then, out a bunch yeah, of money. That's
5: why I stayed off of it because I do think the T-Wolves probably, they, they put a lot into that game to beat Memphis last night because Memphis has been really the upstart in the Western conference and held on. Uh, John ja Morant left the game, hurt his hip, then came back. I know Kelly got in on the T-Wolves last night live and I had a pre-flop. So, uh, you know, you might be seeing the, uh, the, uh, back-to-back kind of wearing on a team here at this standpoint.
2: Well, and also, too, when uh, you're having a team that's getting to the line with their, with only two players 20 times in the first
5: half, that discourages you on both sides of, of the ball.
2: So this
4: box score is nuts, man. James, Hard- James Harden has made four shots from the field. He has 17 points.
2: <laughs> Joel Embiid was one that's for seven for a while in this game, too. Oh, man. We have more games to look at. Ooh, at the Battle of L.A. Not as intriguing as
3: usual. That's next, Primetime Action.
0: Learn more at the newequation.com.
6: You are looking live at primetime action with
5: Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network.
2: Get an early start on your college hoops tournament betting with VCN's full court bracket betting coverage. Starting Sunday, March 13th, with six hours of free live video streaming on vCIN, including the full bracket reveal and opening lines for every game. The VEASAN College Hoops experts will be there. Greg Peterson. Greg Peterson and Greg Peterson will analyze every game (laughs) and discuss the bookmakers making the lines to find the best early value. Don't wait for the lines to move. Start your bracket in round one tournament betting with the VEASAN College Hoops experts on Sunday, March 13th at 6 p.m. Eastern time, free on VEASAN.com. I got the mid-read chortle from Wes Reynolds. I know.
5: I hope it didn't (laughs) throw you off. I know uh, (laughs) you—you are a highly trained broadcast specialist with one that is very much not. Well,
2: I I had. Here's the thing: Uh, going into that read, Kelly Bidlin made me aware of a certain tweet that I won't bother mentioning on the air. That had me basically in stitches before that read. So that was pretty hard of me to actually get that read. That was done my bad. was my breaking bad. down in
5: all honesty. You threw him under the bus there. No, quickly.
4: it's a, no, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. No, hey, Jeff's a producer too. He okay. knows it's on the producer. You can't say something that funny right before I, he's got to do yes. read on it. L- Look, I've I've done that. I've done that to Gil
2: by accident, and that's uh, mm-hmm. uh the, that's exactly what happens there. But hey, look, uh, the, the, we'll say the tweet. The, whatever Kelly what Kelly referred to. Absolutely insane. That's yes. all I'll say.
5: Yes. Absolute insanity. And speaking there. of insane, yes. right now, uh, one point five seconds left to go. Overtime already in DC. One forty-five apiece between the Spurs and the Wizards. Uh, <laughs> cleared the over. I sh- I would say at two twenty-five and a half. Spurs. By the way, were laying three in the hook. Yeah. I,
2: again, if that uh man, if you're the Wizards, you a Wizards backer. You just want this game to end on this possession. Yes. Just get out of get out of multiple overtimes alive. And if you're a money line backer, there's a three at the horn that's bricked. We're getting another one in yep. D.C.
5: Bonus basketball in D.C. Tonight. Double bonus. Yes. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. Second overtime. Uh, another score, too. 94-88. Heat over the Knicks. About 11 minutes left to go in the Garden.
2: Kelly, uh, are, you, are you are you kicking yourself you didn't hop in on Dallas yet, or is it still too early for that?
4: Um, no, I'm just I I've, I haven't been barely, I've barely been paying attention to that game. I've got the Heat game on here. And I'm just getting upset. looking at this box score and it's like all R.J. Barrett for the Knicks. 39 points, career high for him. Six rebounds. He's six foot eleven from three, nine for 14 from the free throw line. This is, uh, he's given the heat problems tonight.
2: Well, Julius Randle's a hearty two for 14
4: from the field. So yeah. The Knicks
2: it, need to find it, it from somewhere else.
4: Think, think, you just phrased it better. Julius Randle's two for 14 and somehow the Knicks are down four points.
2: Oh. R.J. Barrett having the big night, as you said, 39. No one else on the Knicks is more than 13 tonight. So, truly has been R.J. Barrett on Broadway tonight.
5: And uh, I am enthralled right now with Nebraska ball. Oh, look at that. How about Nebraska Cornhuskers, 33-29, three minutes left to go. The only ranked team in the top 25 tonight, that being the Iowa Hawkeyes, number 25. It took 13. It did close 13 and a half, a couple other places. But, look, Iowa's just they're Iowa. They're a team that can score a lot of points. But, man, you can get easy baskets on these guys if you just do a little bit of work and don't turn it over.
2: Absolutely. Again, the uh, look, uh, Iowa, like you said, they're really bad defensively. Mm-hmm. So they are susceptible to lapses like yeah. this. And so far. And Nebraska controlling the game. The fast tempo works for Nebraska because they played the hard tempo as well. Up four, two and a half to go. The Iowa one going thing the, line that that the Hawkeyes
5: do well, by the way, is they do force turnovers. Yes. But if they haven't forced you to turn it over in the backcourt, I believe Iowa actually is number one in terms of opponent turnover percentage, a little bit under 20%, but also uh, very much down on the rebound. So if you, you know, when they, when Fran throws some like little traps, Fran McCaffrey, the Iowa head coach, throws some traps and, you know, some of that, a little bit of pressure. You break that token pressure, you'll get easy buckets on these guys.
2: 100%. Uh, Kelly, the Battle of L.A. tonight, the Lakers and the Clippers, and, you know, it's very rare that this game feels like it has no juice. This game feels like it has absolutely no juice, guys.
5: I thought the the Battle of L.A. was uh, uh, Rich Paul and Rob (laughs) Polenka. It seems like that's the Battle of L.A., and Genie Buss is stuck in the middle.
2: Yeah, uh, Lakers – I think this peaked at four. I, I thought pretty sure I saw a four. Back to three and a half now. Yeah, it, Lakers laying three and a half here.
4: Probably probably peaked at four when LeBron got announced that he will be playing. He was probable basically the whole day. They officially just announced he will go tonight for the Lakers. Um, yeah, not much interest for me on this game. You've got Lakers since January first. They are nine and twelve. Uh, minus one net rating, Clippers minus two net rating, 12 and, mm-hmm. 12 and 13 over that time. Uh Neither team, uh, I mean, doing much offensively. We've seen LeBron; LeBron it's all LeBron uh, on the Lakers side with what he's been doing. It's been actually quite amazing what he's been doing at the age that he's at on the offensive side of the ball. A team just struggles for you know you got no AD there. Where else are you going to get points from consistently right now? Uh, and, and they can't do anything on the defensive side of the ball. So if any, it, it would be it would be Clippers or pass for me tonight. It's going to be a pass though. Uh, I, I really got I I will, I will be watching this game a little bit, but, man, no interest in betting it really at all.
5: You know, I did just mention the uh, agent for LeBron James, Rich Paul of Clutch Sports. uh, Represents 32 players in the NBA at about $400 million of guaranteed salary, by the way, for this season. And yet, he still has time to run the Los Angeles Lakers, apparently.
2: Uh, Pretty uh, pretty incredible stuff there, Wes.
5: And monitor his uh, paramour, Adele's music career. We're waiting for Adele to start that residency here in Las Vegas. First time around, didn't get off the ground.
2: Might be waiting a while for that one. Now, one hockey game that has not started yet, the Battle of I-5. The Kings on the road at Anaheim. The Ducks, of course,
5: homestanding there, Wes. Yeah, and uh, both these teams, by the way, kind of just right outside that playoff, trying to get in there in that Pacific Division. I know we talked with Puck Daddy, Greg Wyszynski of ESPN last night, kind of is feeling that the Calgary Flames are going to hang on in this division. We know VGK, by the way, battling some injuries. Of course, we mentioned uh, Mark Stone on IR, had a couple other guys. Marchessault was out with the flu tonight, so VGK second in that division. Kings right now in that three spot at 61 points, and then Edmonton and Anaheim both at 50. One of those teams going to be on the outside looking in. So actually a very big game down there on the pond.
2: Absolutely. Five and a half total heavy juice to the over on that one. Uh, Kelly, I look up at the Philadelphia 76er game and Joel Embiid's at the free throw line. So I'm guessing nothing has Get used there. to
4: it. Get used to it. Uh, yeah, they are up 86 to 61 in the third. Get those floats ready for the parade, Philly. <laughs> the Sixers so. tonight now after that
2: free throw from Embiid. Embiid and Harden are now 18 of 21 from the line.
4: Yeah, the, the the if you are a Sixers fan, I will break down the concerning part of this box score for you, and this is going to be the concern for the rest of the season, is that your bench has a total of eight points. The starting five is fantastic. I think that... Tyrus Maxey, we've seen him really burst onto the scene this year, a little bit last year. I think he's even going to get better and better now that Harden's out there with him as well, take a little bit more attention away from him. Tobias Harris, has he has not needed to do anything. Though. He's got six points. I mean, he, he welcomes these kind of nights. If he's able to be the third or fourth option, great for them. Uh, and then Thibault's out there. He's going to be great on the defensive side of the ball, really does a lot of the same things on, on the defensive side of the ball, does a lot of the same things that Ben Simmons did that was part of the reason why they thought they could shed uh, Simmons, you know, early on even last year when they're talking about it. But you have this bench. is Paul Millsap you're going to have to rely on for heavy minutes. I saw him attempt to go up for a dunk earlier in the game that was easily blocked by Anthony Edwards from behind. Uh, just the athleticism not what it used to be. Uh, he's got two points. Um, and then you got Danny Green, George Niang, Shake Milton, Furkan Korkmaz. I mean a bunch of guys that, I mean, you're going to need threes out of Milton Corkmaz and, and Danny Green, and all three of them are shooting some of the worst percentages of their career, all three of them under 30% from three. They're going to get a bunch of open looks, so that has to improve here in these final few weeks of the season. Well, well, and, and,
2: and Kelly and Wes, we, we talked about this a little bit yesterday with Doc Rivers saying that he wants to basically make sure that... Two of the four of Embiid, mm-hmm. Harden, mm-hmm. Harris, and Maxie are all on the court at the same time. There was a lineup earlier where it was Embiid, Maxi, and then the quote-unquote shooters out there. If the Sixers are going to make a run here, Kelly, and, and you brought that up perfectly, that lineup is going to have to make shots. And in a year where Danny Green has just been brutal, especially... Uh, they're going to need those guys to step up.
4: Yeah, that's one of those. Everybody wants to talk about the relationship between Harden and Embiid and how is that going to work on the floor together with the usage rates and stuff. I'm not concerned about that. We have seen, you know, these... When you get these power teams put together, guess what? It worked out fine in Golden State when Durant, uh, Durant, Curry, and Clay were all there. It worked out fine in Miami when LeBron, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh were all there. They're going to be fine with Harden and Embiid. There's enough shots to go around for the two of them. But like you're talking about, Jeff, one of those guys goes off the court. You're going to have a lot of bench players that get some open three looks. they got to be able to hit them, or else this team's not going to go anywhere.
2: Well, the Sixers are doing it tonight. 90 to 65, two minutes to go in the third quarter, uh, just doing whatever they want against the Minnesota T Wolves. Wes, it was fun. Good to be with you. Kelly, it was fun. Great work, Jeff. It was a lot of fun this week to be here on Primetime Action. Madden Giller back next week for Kelly Bidlin. For Wes Reynolds, I'm Jeff Parles. The Nightcap, Femi Abebafe, Scott Seidenberg, coming your way next. Good luck this weekend on all your bets, everyone.
3: The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael.
1: To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When
3: I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie
1: because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.